Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 3. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here. Another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. I'm here with JR of Rat Pack Worldwide, uh, and we're about to get into it, man. This is going to be a good episode. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm blessed to be on. Honored uh, just to be in your uh, presence. You know we've been knowing each other for a while, and I know you're a bunch of uh, Avengers out there, guys that are really good guys, and I'm just honored just to be talking to you right now at this given time. Um, especially on the on the wake of um, Shamir's passing, um, and I'm a, I'm a direct product from that uh, skill set between um, urban and tactical. So you know, yeah, nah, man, yeah, hundred percent. Shamir was a uh, Shamir was it was a was it was bright light in this game, man. He really was. Like I loved I loved his content. Always good energy. You know what I mean, like positive so serious about his craft the episode we the episode that we did with him on here like we legitimately if you watch that episode it's obvious we could have just talked for like three four hours just sitting there talking about the game man he was a, he was a bright shining human like i mean when you see his content when you see him it was like he had that that energy you know that comes from you know those frequencies man good people stuff man i really 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 valued that man so right. yeah it's uh you know much respect but it's appointed to us all wants to live and wants to go you know so definitely um another thing uh i think is really beautiful about this episode was uh jr had his pops come on and pray for me right before we started the episode man it was refreshing you know it's refreshing uh uh and it's 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 refreshing as a man of faith um to have someone pour into you that was really, really, really valuable, you know, because we're out here hammering, you know, right. we're out here pouring into our guys, pouring into our families, pouring into the world. Right. Uh, so that's refreshing to have somebody, you know, try to fill up your tank and give you, you know, what they got. That's awesome. And then also it's beautiful just to see, you know, reverence and respect to your family. You know, right. stuff is so important and it's so lost, man. I don't know. What do you think about that stuff? No, I think it's very, it's lost because of the society and, and the generations that's growing up that we lose sight of that, um, I guess, that overhead coverage. We always need someone to watch our overhead. And um, going back to a lot of tactical sense, my dad has always been that guiding light, that tower, 
uh, before I, I drop my sectors of fire, before I drop bombs in, 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 in an area of opportunity, you know, I got to call up to the tower. So I always, every time I go into a, a sector, Iraq, Afghanistan, around the world, I have my dad pray for me in a situation that's going to be and make sure that I understand things will happen. But how do we combat that mentally and physically? So he keeps me, he's a guiding light, you know, always been. My, my dad raised me by him, by himself. My mother died when I was eight years old. So, Wow. Man, that's all. I mean, that's, that's, that's deep. I love it. I think um, if I can go a little bit more down this rabbit hole, cause you don't, you know, you don't get to have conversations like this with everybody, man. So this is, this is meaningful is uh, there's a lot of power and protection for people in life who can understand submission, you know, who can truly understand how to put yourself under somebody who has more experience and who has wisdom or has been placed in your life to guide you for a season. You know, it's not a, it's not, it has zero to do with ego or macho or like, you know, I'll submit to nobody. It's like, well, you're going to learn a hard, a lot of hard lessons, homeboy. Like, I don't even, you know, like you might not make it though. You know what I mean? Like, um, but uh, it's beautiful to just see that in action, man. Uh, what would you say about that? That's some, that, you know, being able to bring yourself under a covering, in my opinion, is everything. You know, it's humility. It's, um, you got you got to humble yourself and understand. Yeah. I'm about to be 40 in July, but my mm-hmm. father still I st- I pay respect and, and reverence because yeah. people they they often don't understand that people try to pay that when that person's gone. My dad is still living, so yeah. um, he raised me in a drug infested, gang infested neighborhood, Long Beach, Compton, Watts. So to get me through that gauntlet and understand that, hey Jr., God has a purpose for you. Yeah, this purpose. And then understanding that, hey, when you find your purpose, things will happen. But how do you stay on that path? So um, it was times when I was in Iraq in 2003 and my dad would tell me verbatim of the missions I had. And I never told him because we had back then you couldn't talk to people uh, with the AT&T phone tents. You had to wait uh, probably in line for about a couple of hours. And every few months you get to tap in with your family members or on Yahoo Messenger. So when I did tap in with him, he was like, JR, I had a dream and this is what you were doing. And I'm like, dang, how did he know? Because he he's heaven sent. God was putting him right there with me to understand that, hey, I'm here with you mentally, JR. Go do your job physically now for the country. So, mm-hmm. No, and it, and for all you guys listening that are like, no way, like that's crazy. No, this is like, this is the way life is for some people, you know? Like I, I, I have people in my life where I've had the same experiences, man, you know? They see me in dreams doing things and things happening that are actually really happening or they're, you know, these are gifts that um, God gives us, you know? And it's in the Bible. I ain't trying to make this like a, like a too much. I ain't trying to hit you with too much church, but like, I don't know. I got to give you what I got. You know, I got to give you the tools I got for life, you know? So anyway, <laughs> man, it's real. What the day I was talking about is real. I've seen it in my life as well. It's powerful. There's safety, security. There's power in that way of life. So yeah, no, this stuff, this stuff is real, man. I've, I've seen it act in my life as well, man. So just wanted to take a minute and honor that, man. Honor begets honor, too. That's the other thing. You know, when you show that, you get it right. Just like violence begets violence, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. But once you put that in the universe, it comes back a lot. You know, and like you said, we're not trying to have church. And some people are not, um, they don't understand that. And that's yeah. okay. I, I rock with everybody. But that's my my guiding light. And it yeah. has worked 
during situations where I know I'm not supposed to be here, especially joining the Army before that. You know what I'm saying? To touch on, not to not to take over the podcast, but to go backwards. And mm-hmm. when I was born, you know, uh, my mother was a crackhead. So mm-hmm. in situations, I know that she put us in and, and sold us to drug houses. And my dad went looking for us, and gang violence and seeing death at an early age, multiple deaths. I know I'm not supposed to be here. So I think God put that man in my life for a purpose to raise me as a single black father to let me know, hey, Jr. You see all this, but there's something on the on, over the hill that you could be proud of. And I had to go through that. It wasn't like magic. I had to really see it and develop that as a man and understand who I am, even going through differences. You know what I'm saying? Saying I, I went to county jail when I was 17 years old. When I got out of county jail, I didn't take no ASVAB. My dad sent me down to the army and then I went through all the preliminary and then I went back to county and 30 days later, I got out of county jail and I was in the army and never looked back. The army saved my life, saved me from gangs. I'd have been dead in jail. And that's my that's the true testament right there. Regardless of how people judge it, I believe that there are special entities that's in this world that we got to look up to and pay homage to that and understand bullets bla- blazing t- uh, past our head when we was kids. We had to sleep in the tub. Get you hearing shootouts in L.A. and Long Beach and Compton. I stayed in all them areas and then developing that thick skin, going to war, seeing the same thing, but in uniform, saying that God prepped me for this back then. I can do this now. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's uh, that attitude and that outlook, man. It really I think it's it, it's one that can make a, a man unstoppable is to really, really in the, in the belly of the beast, realize that what's happening now is preparing you for what's coming and that you're honored by these struggles, you know, because they build us, man. That's that's awesome stuff, man. And I didn't know that about your background, you know, to hear that you came from, you know, you kind of been fighting your whole life, like, you know, so the battle, you know, kind of combat you know is is it's just been with you it sounds like but descending into our first question who are you man who are who is jr who are you at your core um jr is a father is a is a son a lover um i'm very ambitious i'm a leader um i have a lot of intuition a lot of grit that made me who i am i just love life and how it was built and I'm I'm a very, very humble person. I, I know from the outside looking in, sometimes I'm I'm very flamboyant to people that don't understand because my culture and how I was raised up in that product of the environment. But I always wanted to speak for that side of my my culture and that section, saying, hey, a kid can be in elementary school and say, Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Hey, I want to be an executive protection agent. I want to be like Byron Rogers. I want to be like JR. I want to be like Shamir. I want to be like Elijah Shaw. I want to, those are, that's what I'm trying to paint because in, 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 in my career field and going back to Long Beach, where, where I went to school at, they don't talk like that. It's certain options they give you. And when them options are ran out, you're sitting in LA County or Folsom, you know, and you're retiring in San Quentin and, and, and it's respected. How many years did you do in prison? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand that. But in my, in that section, that's where we were programmed. You know, you, you get the biggest stripes for doing the most time. So yes. I wanted to change the narrative. 
Man, this 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 episode, man, might get heavy, you know. And I I I it's such a passionate topic for me. Like first and foremost, I'd say, man, I'm proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you for going through what you came through, man. And then creating what you've created, you know, it's beautiful. It's powerful because, you know, as, as a black man myself, like all I want, man, all I want is I want to show people, everybody, but specifically, you know, my culture, I want to show them what they can do. You know, if they're just faithful with what they've been given and they invest in themselves, I want them to see what like a mediocre man could create in a lifetime by the grace of God, make no mistake, uh, by just being faithful with what he had until he, he just got a little bit more and a little bit more and then, you know, makes a contribution, you know, um, that's really my heart, you know? So, you know, to see you doing the, doing that on your end from your way, it means the world to me. I'm really proud of that. Well, no, y'all set the standard, man. Um, years ago when, um, I was approached to, I was coming back from my third deployment and they asked me to um, be a bodyguard for Vita Guerrera. And uh, um, I had just got finished doing a personal security detachment, star major and a colonel on my third deployment. That was my 15 month deployment. So I thought I knew some bodyguard skills. You know, I was with them all the time. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We would do some some leader engagements and uh, shout out to Star Major McGee. Um, we would do some leader engagements and go around. That was 15 months. I thought it was never going to end. But when I came back, they gave me that opportunity. And, you know, I hit, I hit, uh, I hit it face first. Um, you know, it was a lot of, lot of, lot of hard skills. I didn't learn soft skills until probably, I want to say, five years ago, you know, and I've always been a people person. I used to hear my dad preach in the church and yeah. I always articulate how I felt when I got into my career field. So a lot of people don't understand that, that when you get into that game, it's not about how fast you can pull your, your rifle or transition from rifle to pistol or how, how, how you can go be a, a, a paper target hero. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really shaking hands and customer service. And when I learned that my life excelled as a man, not as an EP agent, as a man, because I was able to articulate how and when and what I wanted at a certain time, even when I was in combat, getting on the radio, dropping bombs because I was a 13 Fox. I was able to articulate that over the radio and do it just like that. So. Mm-hmm. That's huge, man. That's huge. And the other thing, too, that we ta- touched on really briefly that I want to make sure and I put an exclamation point on it is, you know, in those schools, when you were growing up in those neighborhoods, the the programming, the messaging to the youth wasn't you could be whatever you wanted to be and you could do whatever you wanted to do. It was get your stripes, get your street cred, and everything essentially been turned on its head. <laughs> I mean, evil was being called good and good was being called evil, essentially, you know. Yeah. And that is that mental plantation that I'll be talking about that they have right. from us. And right. so um it's beautiful that you made it despite that and you know, I want to honor you for being a black man. They can show them, you know, show people that this anything, the sky's the limit. Ain't nobody stopping you. Right. You know, ain't nobody I, stopping me. Was I was I watched Matrix in 1999 and a lot of people was intrigued with how the the graphics were, but I looked deeper and I felt yeah. like I was the Neo of my Matrix. We yeah. was born in that situation and programmed to either gangbang, sell drugs, play sports or die. And yeah. that's all we had. And it's sad because we glorify that. 
who's the yeah. toughest artist, who won the, who won the most fights, who sold the oh. most people, and that's glorified. But when you step outside the norm, they call you something else. So yeah. once I I joined the army, my uncles performed. They they were they they are reputables in Long Beach. Like if I really if I say their names, they really known out there. So they really my cousins and my and my uncles formed a. Um, an internal security around me and told them, treat him like a sports player. He's off limits now. So mm-hmm. I, I, I joined uh, my, my gang when I was in the, in the third grade. Like that, 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 that was evident in the third grade. I was eight years old. And people don't understand, like when you walk into school on the boulevards and you're in a high population, it's either you with it or you're not. And if you're not, you're going to get picked on all the time. Yeah. So either mm-hmm. you with it become a good fighter and you join and you become who you are or you don't. So I remember in the eighth grade walking back from, um, I think I was in uh, elementary school. I decided I was, I, we, I was pressed for like months. What you going to do? And these are the same dudes I grew up with since I was in kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten. So like brothers anyway. So you know, brother. from that time, as we say in the Island. Yeah. I'm the last one. I'm the last one to, 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 to yeah. get involved because I'm cool right now, you know. I'm I'm the last one to 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 get involved because I'm 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 cool right now. But mm-hmm. once I hit that, um, it exposed me to so much more. But I became a leader in who I was. So it wasn't a lot of it didn't become so much negative. I learned, I learned the system. I understood the ranking. I understand mm-hmm. what I had to do. I had I understand where I had to be at at a certain time. Sound like the military, but yeah. I. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting how everything prepares you for who you ultimately become. Hundred percent, man. I've been in all kinds of situations, and I just watch the way that kind of God moves me through it. It's like it all has, it's all been preparing me, and He's protected me from having to to go too far to the left or too far to the right, which is really interesting. And so, you know, I talk about stuff I did when I got out. And my struggles with like even getting into drugs and things like that after the Marine Corps. And it's just like amazing how he's guided me. But uh, I wanted to make sure and have that conversation, man, because we can talk about EP all day, but somebody's got to have this conversation for, for those other dudes out there to know, you know. And I'd be drawing fire from the brothers half the time when I'm, <laughs> when I'm out here and I'm like, you can be anything you want to be, you know. And uh, I'm not saying you won't encounter you know, um, resistance or even some racism and some prejudice. But I am also saying, one, anything you let stop you is your your own fault, <laughs> you know, because I can't, I ran into all of it. But two, I ran into a whole lot of people being like, you're a competent, legitimate black dude who's solid. Yo, let's give this dude a shot. You know what I mean? Like, let's get this dude to the front. You know what I'm saying? So I've ran into both of it. Both sides of it is out there now, so... Ain't no one stopping you but you, man. And whatever you let stop you. <laughs> no, man. Okay, solid. So you're in the game. You're getting in, growing up in the hood. So how did you get into, actually, we'll go with tactical background, man. Walk me through it. You know, you obviously got that street, you got that street education. Right. You know, and then where do we go from there? Um, after I got out to county jail, um, I was I in the army. Education. Two weeks. <laughs> what you say? That's another education. Education. Yeah, I was I, man. That, that's something else that we can touch on. And some personally, but after I got out of there, um, county jail, 
I was on my way to become a, a man. What things I county transitioned me to going to basic. So I went to basic training in 2002, July 23rd. I had braids. They cut my hair. As um, soon as I got off the meat truck, the cow truck, whatever they call it, yeah. um, they, Drill Sardis was on me. Uh, look at Snoop. Who do you think you are? Easy E. It was on me. It was on me. And I was, it was, <laughs> yeah. They bring it, man. And they're good. They're good at it, man. Yeah. They're the best in the world. From, from that, from that, them years, 02 to probably 2007, 8, that cattle truck mentality, it broke a lot of people mentally. And I yeah. think the Army has changed, but I think that it was definitely needed around that time after the, the towers had failed because they went into the urban areas to recruit for us to go downrange. If, if yeah. you notice, once the, the, after the towers fell, a lot of recruitment came from the urban areas. And I was one of the ones that come from that. And a lot of the people I came in the army with that made rank that are really good guys, they had two ultimatums, go back to jail or go to the army. And I remember, I didn't have the ultimatum because as soon as I got out of the county, I was gone. Two weeks later, I was gone. Yeah, they were like, this is, yeah, get him out of here. Yeah. And then once I got in the military, I, I said, you know what? I really want to do this. So I started learning more about my tactical side. And um, my first deployment, I went to Kosovo and, um, you know, learning more about rifles. Growing up in the hood, yeah, you see, you hear a lot of gun violence and all that stuff, but you don't know how to, the technical side of weapons and um, how to discharge it, how to break it down. And yeah. I learned a lot in my tactical side and formations, stuff like that. I was dumped right into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to pre-rip, which is a pre-ranger school before, after Kosovo, before Iraq. I passed pre-rip in Germany. And right before I got my school date, we had to, we go back to uh, Graf and Vilsec to train to get ready to go to our first initial invasion for Iraq. That right there, if you if you wasn't grown up, made you grow up because we drove from Kuwait to Iraq. But that time period when I was in Kuwait, on my tactical skills, reflective fire, how to understand situational awareness, psychological profiling, saying, hey, young Private McIntyre, you about to dip it, you about to dip into something that you you thought that you was tough in Long Beach and Compton and LA. This right. is about this is different. It's different. Mm-hmm. I all the time I said it's different. You got on a uniform and you with people you don't know and you you be, you, you you form a band of brothers and you protect that 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 uh that that, pack, that, that flag on your right sleeve. Yeah. You know and it's flying towards you. And um after that first initial driver from Kuwait to Iraq, 34 hours. I saw so much and my mind turned so much and it made me develop that thick skin. Like, okay, you here now, you know, crying, I cried. Everybody, oh, no, war, going to war, really war around that time. I cried because I didn't want, I was like, you know what? I'd rather go back to Long Beach. And it broke me. The first broke me. I'm by myself. I had a, uh, I had a rifle with a uh, 203 on it. So it was really heavy, long, A2. You know, yep. a lot of people thought that it was long. And um, I had a bunch of rounds and 220 rounds to be exact. And it was like, hey, we drive into Iraq. We stopped at different checkpoints, Baghdad and Ramadi and all these crates, route Irish, route Tampa. Like, yep, yep, yep. And people don't understand, like, that right there, it really. It's a mind job, homie. It's a mind job, man. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. When people see me, they don't know. Like, I'll be 40 in July, but 
I was the kid after 9-11 that they called up with 19 to go there. And I feel like from the age of 19 and 31, I know Iraq like the back of my hand. Yeah. We went to different sectors. I, I deployed to Iraq three different times, 13 month, uh, 12 month and a 15 month. And yeah. under the, 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 the routes and I felt like I was born and raised there after the third time. Awesome. I knew it. Yeah. You guys do the long deployments, man. Yeah. Those army deployments. I never envied you guys on that, man. Give my eight months and get me off the X. That was long. But what you're saying is so real. It's so true. They say one year in the military is like four years of maturity in civilian life. I 100% believe it. You had trauma in there. Trauma grows you up faster than anything and everything. That's a whole other podcast. Don't get me started. <laughs> But I like I, 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 it just reminds me of when I was riding in the first time, you know, and I get to my unit and I ask, you know, because when I got to my unit, these cats, it was like, it was like Lord of the Flies meets like juvenile <laughs> hall meets like, like Uncle Sam's misguided children. You know, I got dudes pulling us in the rain room, hazing us and being like, hey, take off their camis and dudes like just got bone left, you know, all his muscles ripped off. And he's like, if you don't listen, he's like, this is what's going to happen to you. And like, we all had to grab his bone and like feel it, what the damage that he's endured and like, you know, and, and all the videos and seeing all the carnage that these dudes just did in the Battle of Fallujah. And then, you know, calling my girlfriend up and being like, uh, this is like, like juvie and like dudes get beat down in the next room and she's like, what's going on in there? And I'm like, I'm in the fleet now, you know? And then, and to flash forward to, you know, invading Haditha and uh, seeing my first, you know, explosion and, and seeing an army Bradley get blown up right in front of us and hearing the cook off and the screams and all the rounds and everything and watching that first mushroom cloud. And I'm like, this doesn't even look real. And the Holy spirit was like, you don't know what real is yet, son. And then it began, man, yeah. it just, and then it, the grinder just starts and you really, there's a lot of gravity in those moments, man. A lot, a lot. And hey, it's, it's, a, it's either um, sink or swim. And, and right. it's sad to say because you were thrown in a gauntlet with a bunch of people and just said, we, we go on missions, we come back, we lose a body, we, we get ready to go on another missions, we fight, I'm literally physically fighting because we're living in a hangar. We're not living separate. We li we these hangers we lived in, we bombed them. So yes. then we and then we make it a cop. And then we we with other platoons and we're we're taking pride over our doing this like this is like gangs, okay? Y'all for y'all that don't understand. Like platoons is like it's like your own little gang, it's your tribe, you know what I'm saying? Someone comes to the door, spy at the hatch, everybody stops what they're doing, you know what I'm saying? Comes out, you like to see what, who's at the door. You know? Like it's it's a thing, bro. It's it's and we eat our own, you know. Yeah. That's funny. It's real, man. I was young, man, and um, it made me think of what kind of leader I want. I've seen a bunch of good leaders, and I've seen a bunch of bad ones. Yeah. And I, I made um, E5, E6, E7, what kind of leader JR wanted to be to his soldiers. So I learned a lot that first deployment. I uh, took a lot of losses, um, mm. saw a lot of crazy stuff. And I tell people all the time, I say, listen, um, in, in that first realm, of deployments that first couple of years, people ask me like, what do you remember the most? It, it wasn't about the engagement we had and the troops in contact. It was about, have you ever burnt feces? Have you yeah. ever, you know, yeah. and I tell, I'm like, I stirred with that right. JP to make you a different type of man because yeah. not burning yours, you burning the whole fobs, but you here, but somebody got to get it done. And I'm the lowest on the total pole because E1, E2, E3, a private McIntyre, 
you and this private get over there and get it done after the mission is over. Roger yep. that. Yep. No feelings, no emotions, no nothing. Get it done. Oh, man. And you missed it, you know. And I think that if veterans can just not forget, man, like what you've gone through, not forget, you know, on the backdrop, I keep the backdrop of the struggles that we went through, you know, up all the time, you know, the time that we were left out there, you know, my unit cleared all the way down our responsibilities and then they were going to back clear and they left my unit, my squad and a recon squad to hold down the hill until they came back and left us there for almost a week, you know, and I was like, sure, I was going to die. The recon unit, they hit an IED and had to pull out. And so it was just me and my little squad of dudes, you know, you know, sitting out there by ourselves, you know, waiting for them to come up the hill and, and have our last stand until my unit came back. Like, if you can just remember the stuff you've been through or even boot camp, you know, put that backdrop on life. And it's like, oh, you think you're having a tough day? Like, are you really having a bad day? No. Like, are you cold and wet right now? Like, yeah, I mean, like, are your loved ones at home right now? Is your life being taken apart while you're on a deployment and you can't do anything about it, but just try to survive and get back? Like, you know, let's that's not forget where we come from, man. It's so valuable, the struggle. That's a true selfless service. Um, one of the Army values is we put everything on the line for everybody else at that given time. And the things that we take for granted here, stateside, over there, we wish we could have a Walmart. You Kill wish a hamburger, man. <laughs> or a good shower. I remember that around them times because I, I was there when we opened our Iraq, invaded it, and then we closed down. When we yeah. opened it, no showers. So we had to shower. With, we had water bottles. So yep. each soda bottles every day. Yep. I wasn't there yet. The MT, M, MWR, none of them was there yet. So it was just us taking over the airfield, airfields and, and securing the outer cordon Providing yep. security before the HESCO baskets get there. Yep. And before that, hey, you know what? It's around the time they was catching soldiers and cutting off their heads. So yep. now I heard about that too. Because mm-hmm. you don't with your pants down. Yeah. You know, tight, yeah. Tight. sleep tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your boy don't fall asleep on post. Yeah, I mean. Uh-huh. And that was real, man. It's so real. And you and you you think about, oh, I hope I have food, water, and shelter. There is a lot to be said for not having running water, man. That is a huge attrition. As you, that prickly heat starts getting in there, that that jock itch starts getting in there, you get miserable real quick. And then in the bath after a week or so, your body gets inoculated, and then it's time to take a shower. You know, or go back, rotate back to the rear, you know. Oh, man. Anyways, yeah, man, it's good stuff. That's good stuff, man. So then you did the military thing. And then after the military thing on the private side, as you were getting out of that, what got you into the EP game? Um, I remember my third deployment, like I was saying, that um, Vita Guerrero visited El Paso, Texas. And uh, we just came back from our 15-month deployment, lost a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we was. So my mind frame after that, I think that was my third, second or third deployment. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. We made it back, but I'm ready to go again. So now you yeah. program. All right. Because what the army was, you go, you come back, you reset, you go again. So we was back to back like the Lakers. <laughs> like, oh, 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 we was back to back. We was winning championships. We was taking losses, but we wasn't taking no prisoners. Yeah. Big red, first calf. So they called it Strong Knife Village. We went to Bliss. They never had a combat brigade there. We we started up the combat brigade from 2006 to 2008. I left October 2006 before my son was born. I came back January 2008. He was running. So 
he was literally running 15 months. Yeah. And um, that right there, becoming a bodyguard when I got back, El Paso had never seen nothing like that. They tore the city up. Like, if you go look at the news between that time and that, it was suicides. It was people killing people on the streets, fights mm-hmm. and clubs. Like, I'm talking about literally tearing it down, but literally building it up, too, because they had so much money. People was buying houses, cars, all that stuff. So babies were being born. But on the back end, uh, we would get information and some people wouldn't show up because they would be found in the ditch dead or um, on drugs or all, all this crazy stuff. So yeah. they handed me. When Vita came in, she came to do a show for the soldiers at a car show. Mm. They thought about me. I did it. I got the first picture. And um, she was with a, a, a ex-LAPD. So he mm. told me, you know what? I'm a bodyguard. What I do, I need I need eyes on the ground here. So I did my first threat assessment, not knowing I was doing a threat assessment for a civilian. I did it for the military, all that stuff. So um, I was like, I got a good taste of that. I was like, I want to do it again. So I started, I'm from LA. So my uncle was a bodyguard in an LAPD um, uh, officer for about 25 years. So after that detail, he put me on many more and I was going back and forth to LA on the red carpet, doing BET awards, MTV, uh, working for clients, just understanding who JR was trying to say, I can know this tactical knowledge in combat, I can bring it here, but that's different. You can't bring that to civilian side because they don't understand it. That that bucket, they don't understand it. And that's the fine line between a lot of good guys that are special operations, military, that try to transition, they can't transition because it's really hard. It's a language that they, they, I'm not gonna say they don't understand, they don't want it. Because it's, it's either one to a hundred. They don't go. They don't want to stop at 75 and assess the situation. You shoot at me, I'm gonna shoot back. Wait a minute. You can't shoot. This is this is you, you know, middle of the street, middle of the boulevard. You can't do that. You can't assess that. You can't talk to these people like that because it's gonna get your client banned. Or now you got heat on your client if you're talking crazy to other people that's in that city that you're not from. So, you know. Right. Yeah. The mission changes. I talk a lot in my school about going from a warlord to a guardian, man, the mission changes. And I love what you said about going back to back to those appointments. I call that being combat-tutionalized, man. Because yeah. like, it just gets in your system and then you're ready to go. It's like the very end of that movie, Hurt Locker, where all of a sudden he's just ready. He's just ready. After that second deployment, that, that, after that first deployment, you got that out of the way and it's time to click, time to lace up again. Is you just ready. It's crazy. But then, you know, you're talking about the transition and people talk to me all of the time about like, Yo, do I need military law enforcement background, you know, to get in this game? And I'm like, absolutely not. You need some good training. Uh, and there is a such thing, I believe, called the civilian advantage. You know, um, clients nowadays want people that can be less militant around them, you know, and civilians are able to just be kind of more civilian, you know, with that training. And then also the glass being half empty, you know, the civilians, you, you know, you get a guy that's been down range, has done a lot of stuff, you know, to get them to value uh, civilian culture can be difficult because we come from these ultra crystallized, uh, this pedigree, you know, of honor and all these different things. Or if you are law enforcement, you come from this pedigree, you know, and, and to be able to, to pull that back and then value whatever social system you're getting plugged into, you know, and gain cultural equity, you know, that's really how you survive in this game. That's how you make your money, you know, hard skills may save lives, but the soft skills keep you in the game, get you paid. Um, so no, I'm glad you touched on that, man. That's good stuff. That's deep stuff. After the, the the tough guy all the time, because it's very uh, rare in between that 
you have to use your hard skills yeah. and you go from hands-on to weapon. There, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that um, in my last 15 years of executive protection, I have not, but I can count on my hand how many times I have, but you always prepare for the worst, but using your personal skills and be able to understand and talk to the people around you and your clients and diffuse situations and understand who you are, that works out better because psychologically you're winning that war. Hey, how you doing, sir? Nice to meet you. Hey, the client don't want no, uh, no autographs right now, but if I can get you on the back end, I can, I'm sorry. If you talk to them nice that are putting your hands on them, they won't become aggressive because there's another you on the outside. So you never know who you're going to meet in that mirror reflection. You know, if you come eat it with aggression, it's going to meet you. Sometimes it's good to meet violence with violence, but sometimes when violence is about the action, maybe you can, hey, sir, how you doing? You know, pause them, talk to them, let them know you're human. You understand behind all this muscle and tattoos and bro, hey, I'm a human too. How can I help you? Because I want to go home to my family and you need to go home to your family. Yeah, absolutely. A soft answer turns away wrath, man. Violence begets violence. Honor begets honor, you know. Yeah. These, these are those principles, man, we got to have in our back pocket for the social dynamics and representing the brands that are the stakeholders around the actions that we take on the ground, man, is really where it's at. You know, it's, it's really where it's at. Good stuff, man. What would you say your mission is now these days? First of all, I'm a veteran, so it's to, to, to get the message to some of these veterans that's sitting on the couch that think they don't have a lot of life to give back because they they serve the their country and they don't think they're needed no more. So yeah. just make sure you talk to them and then talk to everybody. I make sure I, I communicate with veterans and non-veterans because there are special people out there. Just like you hit on the head. You don't have to be a police officer or a veteran to get into this game. There's some special diamonds in the rough. And I have a few that work for me. And at the end of the day, they, they didn't have the chance that we had, you know, what's crazy is we talking about them years. We call it golden years. Like when people talk about world war one, world war two, Vietnam war, when you talk about Iraq, the first beginning stages, 03, 08, 2010, that's the golden years right there. After that, I'm not taking nothing away from everybody else's deployment. God bless them and the people that we lost after that because I retired in 2016. But that pedigree of men and women we had between 03 and 2008, 2010 was second to none. Like yeah. I pray to God that we had them around because regardless of our mission out there, we did our damn job and we yeah. came yeah. and a lot don't get to come back. So I think my mission is to make sure I communicate well with the populace of everybody around me and be that energy in a universe to say, you know what? Um, I remember when I was becoming an executive protection agent and then I started going to the schools. Yeah. They would tell me there will be no client for me because the way I, I look. And I used to get sad because it's like, so I gotta, I gotta transform myself. Even after I fought for my country, and did all this awesome stuff. Now I got to transform to be that at the bottom of the barrel and I can't be JR until I figure out that there was a client for me. So when I talk to people, I let them know there is a client for you. Be who you are. Your, your light will shine. You don't have to shave your beard. You don't have to take off your tattoos. You, you could just be you. Guarantee you, I'm going to find someone that likes you for you. And if you're really a protector, God will touch that person and keep you on that mission. That's it. Yeah, man. No, I love it. I love it, man. I, uh, there's so much to be said for that, man. I mean, even in any endeavor, when it comes to the service that someone's trying to render, 
in this life in any game, man, I find that the authenticity is the superpower, man. It's like, you've got to be able to be yourself. If you're trying to do something else, you're not going to have that vibration. You're not going to have that power. You're not going to be able to speak with authority. You're, you're, it's, people are going to see that you're being fake and it's going to, it's going to degrade and take away from your contribution. It's huge, man. And I commend you for that, man. You know, for me, my path has been slightly different, you know, and I, at a young age, man, I, I just remember I was getting ready. My sister was trying to get me to steal something from a Seven Eleven when I was little. And she's from Buffalo, New York. She'd be doing all kinds of like, she was doing all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> and I remember I was getting ready to steal something. And I remember watching the, um, the store clerk judge me. And he was like watching me and he was like acting like I was going to steal something. And I was like, I haven't even stole something. Like, I was like, you judging me, you know? Um, I was like, why are you judging me? But then I was like, well, uh, you homie, he's right. You know? And then I looked on, and I remember I was getting ready to walk out with these CDs and I looked past him at the TV and there was somebody dressed like me that was uh, doing something bad, like robbing a convenience store. It was on the news. And that was when I kind of, for me, that was my aha moment that I was like, man, I got to change the way I interact with the world so I can get the world to interact with me the way I want it to. And, you know, for me, it was never about pretending to be something I wasn't. It was an, a way that I was kind of elevating my thinking, you know, and it's paid me back amazing dividends, you know. But what I like about you is that, you know, even during our conversation that time, you know, as we say in the Bahamas, you were like, nah, man, you're like, I want to show the world that you can come from where I come from and I can be myself and I can still do it and that they can be themselves and they can still do it, you know? Uh, and I think there's a lot of respect and beauty and awesomeness in that, man. You know? No, because I don't think people, as kids, we watch TV and um, Emerald Fudd told, showed us how to shoot a shotgun. Yeah. And Looney us how to hit people over the head with hammers. So cartoons was very a big influence. All of our heroes are different. My heroes are not their heroes. Yeah. I looked at the TV screen, to be honest. A lot of my heroes were, they transitioned from being hardcore gang members to writing books on understanding life and saying, hey, the, the things they did to the neighborhoods, they apologized. And like Tookie Williams, like Monster Cody, you know? Like things like that, like those men, they cause carnage in L.A. and in Long Beach and Compton. But when they realized they was hurting the society around them, they started to write books to kids and explaining their growth and their elevation. A lot of us get stuck with right here and they don't want to elevate because it feels good to feel that pain. So when I identify my Mount Rushmore of heroes or bodyguards, you are one of them because not only do you look like me, that you're a voice from where you came from and you're a people are allowing you to be you just like shadow. He came in and the same things he dealt with coming in, same thing with, and we're not going to touch on that, but he, he, he pulled me to the side and he said, JR, listen to me, humble yourself. I'm going to give, I'm going to show you the ropes. And I wasn't part of the, 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 the famous cool. shadow. Much respect to them. I, I love them boys. But Shamir, I was his little brother. He took me. He put me on. I didn't just train with Shamir. He put me on missions with him. The do's and the don'ts. Real-time training. JR, hey, come here. 
hey, that was good, but don't do that. Yes, sir. Even though I did a whole lot more in the military, but in this world, he was a whole lot more advanced. You know what I'm saying? I remember sending me to Costa Rica to be on um, a mission with um, with um, Harry. His name was Harry Harry Hines. Um, he died. He, he part. He was part of the um, uh, what's it called? Horror story. American horror story. He mm-hmm. died. They put me on him for about two months. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica. One man detail. Threat assessment. Doing all the advances. Me and him. The shooter and the driver. Something happened. I can dig. Escalate what's going on, but I'm out there and I'm learning, and I'm like, wow, you can transition from this to that. But what made me learn more was the type of bodyguard or EP I was when we got back to LA, and I I had did a job from for a subcontractor, so this wasn't Rat Pack's gig. They wanted Jr. So mm-hmm. I and I served underneath that that security company. Harry requested me back. The company, I guess, felt a certain type of way. And I I left. I, I left L.A. and came back to Florida. Two weeks later, Harry was dead because the, the, the security that they put him with didn't understand. They wanted the money, but didn't understand Harry's lifestyle. We was there to protect Harry from himself. Harry died over a drug overdose. But you think you're there because of Harry is a high class uh, um, celebrity. But right. you're not attention to his situation. I love what I do. Like not a not amount of money can can pay me on what I do, but I love exactly what I do because I'm a protector. And I think God put me on this earth to go through that stipulation to understand that they are there are many warriors around the world. And you are one of them from Long Beach and yeah. a warrior you're going to be. And when I saw that happen with Harry, I said, you know what? Not on my watch again. Every client I'm going to get involved with, I'm going to make sure I do it. I'm not going to be buddy-buddy with them, but I'm going to make them understand that they're not just a, a check for me. I care for you do my job, whatever I say, because I didn't did the psychological profile and please listen to me. It's not, it's for your own good. It's, that's why they hire me to do me and you go act or you go do this or you do that. I'm going to do my job to keep you safe. Now, if we go home safe. A1. If something happens, that's what you pay me for, stuff that happens. But at the end of the day, I'm here because I want to make sure. And I took that from, in our classes, they was like, when you get your clients, don't make friends, don't care about them, do your job, get in, get out. And I, I wanted to rebuttal that because it's like, every client I want to start, like you tell me, hey, JR, I got a detail for you. I'm going to study my client. Like right now, they gave me a client. He's going on tour. He's a country singer. New. I ain't never been on the road with a country singer, but I'm studying everything about him. So when I get any question he asks me, I can make sure I know what I'm talking about. And I'm not just talking for my health. So. Right. And I'm not just talking for my health. That's a beautiful. That's a a very powerful statement. The uh, you pointed out some awesome things in that, man. Like once again, we see the power of um, coming under somebody's guidance and leadership and covering, you know, with Shamar. You know, there's so much power in being able to do that. Even for me, when I came in the game, you know, 21 uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm on my first detail. There was, you know, two dudes, man, Theo Belaris and, and Kevin uh, Shellstrom that ha- helped me learn how to survive on that detail, you know. Um, Yo, from uh, Tarpon Springs. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw his ESS in there somewhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Theo's a trip, 
but Theo kept kept me alive in when I first came in the game. Theo's yeah. my man. He's he, you know he's like a brother. You know, um, um, I got good news and I got bad news, Rogers. What's the good news? The good news is we have we got pillows in the room. Okay. The bad news is they're all for me. All right. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man, whatever, dude. I'm the new guy. Oh man, good to go. But yeah, man, you know, and and my ability to survive in this game, you know, because Theo had been on that detail for years before me. was contingent on my ability to really listen and get underneath his guidance and find out where the tripwires are, where the landmines are and everything else until I could stand on my own and work on my own, you know? So it's huge being wise enough to keep your mouth shut and be able to serve under somebody who can invest in you long enough to survive in this game. I can't stress it enough. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously you eventually you get the skills and you can run with it. That's the right. stuff, man. Yeah. You got to be you. you got to be you. Take from everybody and put in your rucksack and be you. I take, I take from you. Every time I listen to your podcast, every time we have a personal text or a personal phone call, I take from Elijah, I take from Shamir, I take from my uncle James McMichael, I take from Jason Kane. These type of guys that I take from, it makes JR who JR is and it fills my cup up. And I always walk around with an empty cup because I need more information. I don't know it all. I've been through a lot of situations, but some of these guys I just mentioned that's on my Mount Rushmore of executive protection agents I always keep my cup empty. So when I talk to them, you fill me up. Hey, JR, I like the way you do this, but do it like this. Okay. I got it. Yeah, man. Absorb what's useful, disregard what's useless. Ad was essentially your own, man. That Bruce Lee quote has as, as, as just been integral right. to the game. Right. Um, what would you say? So why Rat Pack, man? Why did you choose that name? Um, I like that and I'm glad that you put it on a platform for me to explain. Um, yeah. Rat was my first platoon name. Um, before we drove from Kuwait to Iraq, we, 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 th- we uh, threw some names in a hat and the name was picked. I love Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., unorthodox. Uh, they didn't like to tie their ties. It was a bunch of uh, egos in that in that group, but they made some good music while they was together in Vegas. And I said, you know what? I, I want to be the Rat Pack. And we was the Rat Pack that whole year. Uh, we took a couple of casualties. Uh, the battalion did too. So I wanted to dedicate something I believed in to move forward and say, okay, this is Rat Pack Worldwide Security. And what's crazy is Rat Pack got formed after Theo sent us to Puerto Rico with another security group. And that security group dropped the ball and left us there. Um, 45 days, no water, no food. It was, it was very crazy to see the the net 45 net 60 pay and understand the language. But yeah. me and me and Remy, uh, another Ranger said that would never happen to the, a good group of veterans again, because yeah. a lot of with a lot of mental stuff, and we was like, you know what? If the civilian side is treating veterans like this, let's try to fix it. And that's why we took and ran with it. So that's why Rat Pack is Rat Pack. And I was able to create the company and also create a school now. So I have a school that provides unarmed, armed security, maritime, executive protection, um, concealed weapons, psychological uh, profiling, situational awareness, and um, some more stuff that's coming underneath the hat. So Nice, man. You got a school? Yes, there? sir. Rat Pack, yes, Rat Pack University. My man, that's what's yeah. up. That's what's yeah. up. That is what's up. I love it, man. That's awesome. I love to see us hitting the game at, at different ways. You know, that's, that's an honor. And I love what, you know, 
veteran centric, how veteran centric your business is and your business model is, man. That's one of the first things I detected when I was looking at your messaging. The Bronze Star, man. Can you tell us a story about the Bronze Star, bro? What's up? How'd that go down? Oh, um, my dad made me proud to 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 have that. Um, I got it in a situation where I came under investigation um, for um, in in combat. I was supposed to get it in a formation of probably like the whole battalion, but I only got it like with six people. But um, that that situation is touchy, man. Um, a lot of soldiers got lost that day, and mm. job as a thirteen fox, and um, people would say we came out victorious, but. I was never proud of that award because everybody I saw got that award um, was dead. So they put it on the boots of uh, the guys that were dying out there. So we would celebrate or have a memorial for the guys that would not make it back to the five flags in it and put that award. I never, and I'll be the first one to understand. I never understood what that award meant until my dad, when I was moving, he pulled it out. He said, what's this? And I said, oh, that's some bronze star. You know, he's and he looked it up. He's like, you got a bronze star. And I was like, yeah, it's right here on the wall. And um, he said, son, I never met no one that's come from where I came from that had a bronze star. Be proud of this. And I wasn't proud because I thought I should have been dead. Um, A lot of stuff getting that. And I thought that was my time. And um, I put it away and I hid it for a long time until he brought it out to shelf and said, hey, as a black man, you should be proud of this. You should honor your fellow veterans. You serve with a bunch of good people. Rest in peace, Josh Brooks. He he died yesterday. And um, that was one of my leaders and my mentors um, as a 13 Fox, really good guy. And, um, you know, he put me in position to be Sergeant McIntyre, be a leader in that right there. That bronze star, it, it, people like they idolize it. For me, it's just another war because I did my job. I did it at the highest capacity. And it's no war stories being told or over some hot cocoa or, or some Hennessy. Like, this is me. And I love what I do. And I would do it all over again with or without the war, you know? Yeah. That means that means a lot, man. I love that. 100%. That was a great response. Yeah. Just soaking that up. How was uh, how was your time training in Israel, and what did you go and train over there for? No, um, so I trained with this guy named um, Tomar. Tomar, he owns an Israel Israeli tactical school, and oh. I trained with him for uh, about four to six months. And just to understand the Shimbad style, I get hit all the time. Um, I understand the doctrines change in the military, clearing houses, how you come in with a group, and all that, all that good stuff. And I learned it. I trust me, I, I do it, but I believe that learning these type of skills and putting them in your rucksack will keep you in a survival mode when you go overseas. Like I was a contractor too. Yeah. Sometimes with a good group of guys like you guys. So if something happens, again, I'm the driver and a shooter. An actual shooter happens, I have a pistol. How can I go in there with my pistol, clear the room? And at the end of the day, if I'm close in combat, I could do my Krav Maga to get myself out of the situation. Yeah. I was by a lot of special operation guys and, you know, Rangers and, and guys like that, thinking that they're the cream of the cop crop. They are. And, and I, I love them guys, but yeah. there's, there's some guys without them tabs that are real legitimate heroes that never, their stories ain't told. Yeah. So I, I tell them guys story because these guys had aspirations when we came back from our first uh, deployment yeah. to go be 75th, selections and a lot of my guys did and they survived but some of the guys didn't make it back 
But we, I knew that was part of their dream after, if we made it back from that first initial deployment. So learning that, that, that Krav Maga in that shin bed style, Tomer is a good friend, man. He's, he's really good. I don't know if you saw his training. Um, I, I, a lot about him when I went to uh, Pacific West and yeah. he, um, he was so hard on me because I didn't want to let go of the American doctrine because right. we going into these, to their school, we're the big dog. Hoo, hoo. Hey, we did it all. Combat veteran, 55 yeah. months. Can't tell me nothing. Yes, you can. You can tell me a lot of things. And he humbled me and I hated Tomar. But I- <laughs> He's like, don't get it twisted. I hated Tomar. <laughs> But I love him to death now because he opened my sphere of information. He unlocked it. And you know what? That's good. You know that. Know this now, too. Mm-hmm. Even get at jujitsu and Krav Maga. I was a hand. I'm, I'm a boxer. Yeah. But a guy that's 212. And hey, how's your cardio? If it's more than one guy, how can you defend yourself? And once I started to unlock that sphere mm-hmm. and understand information, I became a better JR. Not this person or that or but I'd be better JR because I can be part of a team that's more part of a team and we all hitting on the same cylinder. So um, training with him and understanding the dialect and understanding that, hey, you know what? It's, it's kind of it's like when Malcolm X went to, to, to become himself and understand who he was and he left America. That's how I felt. I, I felt was opening up uh, another uh, informational jar and yeah. a lot of, and I say, I walk around with a sponge. I yeah. soak up the game or I clean it up. Some information I don't want. Mm-hmm. Some information, I'm going to soak it up, squeeze it in my cup and push it forward. So yeah. I walk around and talk to everybody. If it's information that I want to get from you, soak it up, squeeze it out. If it's information you're putting out there that's not educational and unwarranted, I'm going to clean your mess up and keep it going. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Always leave everything better than we found it, man. That's good stuff. No, I like that. I like that sponge analogy. Definitely take it deeper than most guys are when they're like, I'm a sponge. It's like, nah, there's more you can do with a sponge than just take. That's really, really, really cool. As you dance, it seems like you're you're tapped into both the Florida and Cali markets. What would you say? Have you noticed major differences between those two markets, those two hubs with regards to the game? Yeah, definitely. When I go to LA, it's definitely Hollywood. You know, everybody has it. Aaron dreams to get to LA and get on that stage, MTV, BT, walking right. around Beverly Hills. It's a different type of game, different type of clients too. Like um, people want to categorize me and say, I only work with rappers, but that's not true. I travel the world with people you don't even know. And uh, what I do, I've been back and forth to Dubai with no rappers, with people that understand life and need, need my type of protection. And I love it. It's just how I pers- persuade that, that message. You know, when you hire me, you hire JR. You don't hire me for the look. You gonna hire me for my brain and my intelligence. And the guys I bring with me, get guaranteed I selected them, hand-selected because of the client I got, not because they're the best guys I got. Because I think that I can, I was, a, I, was a, I was a platoon sergeant in the Army, so I know how to select my team and make sure, hey, this is my rifleman. Hey, this is my guy right here. This is my radio man. This is what we got going on. This is the best guy to do it. So um, Florida. Uh, I deal with a lot of um, open market hip hop. And in L.A., I deal with a lot of, lot of high end um, IBM, Apple, executive, CEO, people with money, money that love me for me. And when I get on this itinerary, I don't have to worry about anything with the rappers. 
yeah, sometimes we get our hotels, sometimes we get our vehicles. With these other guys, itinerary itinerary all laid out, but I have to cater to both because I never want to forget where I came from and understand that the type of person I am, I'm not too good to drop down and do this because I love what I do. I'm a protector. I'm not doing it for money. I'm doing it for you'd hire me to do my job. Let me do my job. Yeah, 100%. No, I've, there's a distinct difference between the cats that are doing it when it's just a job and it's about the money versus the guys that are like in it because it's who they are, you know? Like this is what they, you know, it's, it's when you're, you know, for me, when I'm waking up in the morning and, and, and every once in a while, like that question will be like, dude, why are you doing this, bro? Like, you know, and I'm in my garage working out with the lights off and, and I'm just like hammering on myself. And every once in a while, that question comes in my head, like, homie, why, bro? Like, why are you even getting up at 4am? Like, like you could just, life could be so much easier. Like why? And I, I always hear that sound back, like, Cause this is who I am, man. This is what makes me like, this is what I do. You know, like there's nothing more, you know, right now, like this is, this is what we do, you know, and it has to be an organic answer, you know, and, and, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. And it's so validating, man, when you're doing something with your life to make an income or just to put food on your family, protect and provide, that's in alignment with your values and who you are in here, you know? Yeah. That's when you really live it, man. When you're doing the job that you're like, if I could just make a living, like forget about getting rich, like, and I've had this conversation, if I just make a living doing what I'm doing, you know, right. then I'd be where I wanna be, you know? And that, when you find that in life, um, it's a beautiful moment, it's a powerful thing, you know? And then, body. I think people gotta understand that it's a trifecta. A lot of people, a lot of people I run into that have been in this game for a while, they lost that um, that sense of uh, of that, it's mind, body, and soul. If your soul and your mind and your body is all of one accord, you're the best yeah. that you can be that the client is paying for. A lot of these guys are sloppy now. A lot of these guys they they, they talk about what they was 20 years ago. What are you now? That rel that rel I need you to tell me how relevant you are now. Are you still training? Are you still going to the range? Are you still eating right? Are you still understanding your soft skills? Are you still studying? Because a lot of guys I go to, I don't need that EP school. I don't need that bodyguard. Hey, listen, I don't need it either, but I think you need to understand the transition that happens that first to third week that you are in that school, sitting behind that desk, understanding how to write a threat assessment, how to say, where's the closest hospital? What level one, what level three, the police department, how to understand how to get there, do a threat uh, uh, advance and talk to the security before you get to the venue, how to get there before your client. So when your client get there, all the hiccups that you made, that client is, is A1. A lot of people don't understand that. Oh, I'm a tough guy, I'm 6'2", 200 some pounds, I can knock out everybody. That's understandable and I like them guys too and I love them. But at the end of the day, we need you to be intelligent and educational to a point that you, you're you on your game. You're the tip of the spear. Something happens, you're the tip of the spear. And everything that we were shown as kids, as superheroes, you have to hone into that. Why did Batman do what Batman did? Yeah. He was a this, But when he put on that suit, it, it was nothing that you could tell him that he couldn't do. And he did it the best of his ability. And he activated that. And I feel like that's us. Like when we when we get a call to go do that job, yes, we family men. I have a 21-year-old daughter, I have a 10 a 10-year-old daughter, and I have a 14-year-old son. He's playing football. But when they call me to do my job, daddy puts on his suit yeah. because my son used to always say, Daddy, you going to fight the monsters? Because he 
he remembers him and my oldest daughter remembers that time back and forth to Iraq that you're going to fight the month. So I would tell him. And then when I come back, dad, how many monsters did you kill? So, you know, I, I would talk to him, but not like on a bigger scale, but saying, hey, son, daddy got to go fight the monsters. So when I'm gone for 10 to 12 months, mom got you. You're the man in the house. I need you now to put on your suit and fight the monsters here. So I will call back and say, are you fighting them? Yeah, dad. And he, you know, he's a little baby. Yeah. Bless his heart. He wasn't yeah. fighting. He was, he was being strong for me because yeah. I, and I need that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And when I remember when I talked to you the other day and your daughter came in the room, I yeah. said, you know, that is why we do what we do. That moment right there for yeah. the we having, and she come in there and you pick her up and I look at that smile on your face. That's why we do what you got to do. And that's why I do, because the guys that are not lo no longer here no more, their kids still contact me. My building is dedicated to the fallen veterans. I have four classrooms dedicated to Curtis Wooten. He died in 2005. We was two weeks from leaving. He got hit with a shrapnel in his neck, brain dead right then and there. Then I, I, I do it for Josh Brooks. He just died last night in Columbia. First sergeant, awesome. Made, made E7 in seven years. First sergeant in eight, nine years. Good fister, the 13 Fox, JFO, JTAC, really squared away guy, but dealt, he battled his demons yeah. and um, yeah. dead. He jumped out the building. And yeah. that's that's the fire that lights me to keep going. Because I, I tell you what, I'm human. And sometimes I have thoughts of just sitting on the couch and never giving up or going to Hawaii and saying, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Do I don't need to do it. Yeah. I say, if you give up, you give up on everybody that's looking up to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the truth, man. It's the truth. And they need us. They need us to be, they need us to be protectors. They need us to be strong, man. And people we don't even know yet are counting on us to be there in that end zone when that Hail Mary pass comes down. You know, they're counting on us to be who we we, we were created to be so that our influence can do on this planet, on humanity, can do what it was designed to do originally. And then in order to get there, we have to become better versions of ourselves, And that is a war. You know what I mean? That is a war with many battles, man. That this is, that's, that's the good stuff, man. Ah, outstanding, man. I love that. It gives me chills just thinking about it. What would you say, you know, uh, were some of the hardest lessons you've learned in the field uh, of executive protection, man? How to adjust on the, on the fire, on the flap, you know, on the fly, just yeah. um, how to come to details and everything you think that's supposed to be there ain't, ain't there. there. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't there. It's like all the way over here. You know? I thought you said he was a country singer. No, he's a country hip hop singer. <laughs> and you're like, right? you're like, okay, we're going the other direction. All right. Oh man. You're supposed to have vehicles lined up, gassed up, everything situated, hotels, you get there, it's chirping birds, it's nothing. You nothing. And crazy is you adjust on the fly, the client don't even know. Because they too zoned into what they got going on. Permission, yeah. So you make it happen, and then yeah, they no tell you, "Gonna do it, but you, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it was the greatest ever, and I'm like, "Man, this this was a shit show." Yeah, <laughs> man, you know. But you know, you laugh about it, but it's like I don't think you could never be too prepared. And coming into this game, what I will tell the young EP agents is, yes. um, always prepare for the worst. Always, always. Always, always. Don't come in here thinking that you're going to have a six Tahoe missions lined up for you with extra space for your guys, all the weapons you need, all the uniforms, the earpieces and the radios, the gas, even the itinerary. You, They might tell you you're going in one place and you might look up and you're doing a video shoot in Little Haiti in Miami. Yeah, it, man. It's game time. 
Because now it's like, oh, wow. Like, listen, you just left a, a, a green zone. Now you're in a hot zone right now. Yeah, you're in a hot zone. Yeah, game on, bro. No, 100%. 100%. And until you're there, like, it don't mean nothing almost. You know what I mean? Like, like, you get clients, you get to feel their rhythm, and you're like, okay, so, like, the itinerary means something on this detail. But then you got you got those other ones, and even then, don't don't bank on it. Don't bank on it, you know? No, no, um, yeah. Even with, even doing a good job in, with, with pay, like, a lot of people get in this game and like, oh, this guy is lucrative, this guy's doing this, he's staying with the client. People, if you don't understand this net 14, net 7, net 21, net 30, get paid two months later, you would never survive. Especially if you ain't put a nugget away to say, you know what? I, I used I go to details and I'll be honest with you, Byron. Yeah. For me to get on, I would do stuff for free years ago just to True. get my go out there. Cause mm-hmm. I know the feel. Hey, you know what? I'm better than him. Matter of fact, you don't have to pay me nothing. Let me show you. Yeah. I roll with the two weeks, I pay for my own hotel, eat everything they don't worry about it. it was like how you was able to do that i got you know what i'm saying I, I prepared for this even even after the client has everything squared away sometimes when you get there and you don't even have the manager with you and this is a high class slide your credit card get them situated and then on the on the on the itinerary on the back end get it back even if they don't pay you back you still safe and understand that hey you know what it takes a special type of, and I, and I always say the executive protection agent of security is like the special operations. Sometimes you operate alone, you have your go bag, you don't know where you're going, you got a flight ticket, and when you get there, you never talk to the guy that's going to talk to you to make sure you understand. So a lot, a lot of people don't understand that. It's not like you're sitting here, you're waiting, and, 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 and you got everything squared away. No, you're, wait, you're squared away, but everything is a whirlwind till you get there. It's legit SF because... And we, we, we just say it's SF, me and my boys say the same thing because in like big army, you know, you want to do square badge, cool, get on post, here are your orders. It's all like lines and these are your, 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 your SOPs and it's like, let the person in the gate, you know what I mean? But EP is like, you're doing non-standard problem solving constantly, you're solving problems at the speed of life. So when the billionaire looks over the out the window, it's like, yo, let's stop the Canary Islands. You're like, Roger that, sir. And you get on the and you start making moves. You, you, you literally are dealing with non-standard problem solving. And you get to locations and you have to spin up your assets. You got to get the F the 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 uh flight, the uh FOB set up. You got to get the F um the flight-based operation set up, FBO set up, you got to get the hotel, you got to extract all your assets, organize it and make it work, you know? And so and and you know, at first you're like, you know, for new guys coming in the game, I see them just be like, like, what's going down? And then after a while, after that training day scenario, you know, you start to you, I don't know, I find it fascinating, you know what I mean? I love that that a client can just drop me into a country and sometimes like an hour and a half, three hours before they land and I can spin up the FBO, spin up the hotels and get to the venue before them and get everything dug in and then turn around and, and backtrack and get it all done on the way back after the venue, you know, like it's just a gangs. It's a, it's just a bad, it's an awesome feeling, man. No, I, I love that. But that's EP, man. That's the game, you know, being able and to that's, that fluid. Is that right there, that intelligence, psychological to put a genuine tough guy in a position yo your iq level gotta be high you gotta be kobe bryant you gotta understand you better be smart you better be smart (laughs) it's not the strongest or the fastest it's the smartest so when i started to to, to coach my son on football i tell him i said son you got some good you you talented but i said get to your angles faster you're smarter than that 
how you get there, avoid this to get there. Mm-hmm. I say, because Emmitt Smith wasn't the fastest, but when he hit them holes, he was like, he was like Barry Sanders. Barry yeah. Sanders was unbelievable. But Emmett, Jerry Rice, they wasn't fast at all, but they got there and they got to the places they needed to be. And that's how I feel I am. I'm not the tallest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fast. I'm JR and I can hold my own, but I'm going to get there and I'm going to do my job and I'm going to hold it. That's it. But there's so much to be said for that, Brown, because I'm the same way, man. I'm what, like 5'10", yeah. you know, 240. I cut down to 228. I'm yeah, because I got a Marine Corps 225. So like for me, that's like a homecoming, like, man, yeah. you know, and, and I uh, I'm usually like one of the smaller dudes on the detail, you know, but I'm still Byron, man. You know, yeah. what I mean? and when you when you know yourself, you know, confidence comes from self-trust. Right, self-trust right. comes from experience, you know, right. And it's right. not arrogance if you have really invested in yourself to have that self-trust and that experience. You know, so when you say like, you know, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the best, you're like, but I'm, I am JR. Like that's yeah. the magic sentence right there. Yeah. You know what I mean, if a man can say that in integrity yeah. with himself, that's the, that's the, that's you're cooking with tartar sauce right there. You know what I mean? That's what I'm looking for. Man. I love I'm, that. I mean, I, I think I can only contribute to that part of me saying right. hired me to do a job because I am me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, this person, it's a reason why I'm here because they said, out of a bunch of people so I, every time i get a, a gig i'm mm-hmm. always honored because i they could have picked they could have picked a whole bunch of avengers but they picked me you know what i'm saying i'm ready I'm part of a team sometimes you come on part of a team and these guys are a1 and you don't think you belong but you belong they don't think so all you guys got to take off your, your your chip and say you know what hey let's do the job mm-hmm. and it's funny because the guys you know you know it, it's funny because like you know, when you're talking about you know, not being the biggest, not being the baddest and being placed in these places. You know, I know when I look for people, when I'm hiring, you know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that guy who's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an amazing job because, you know, my name's on it. That's everything. You know what I'm saying? Because that guy's going to represent those three brands I talk about. You represent your client's brand, you represent your company's brand, and you represent your own brand. You know, I can teach you tactics, but I don't want to be around you when you got to learn character. And the guy I'm looking for is a guy that has personal pride because he's going to do a good job because his name's on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. You know, and you said some other really good things I got to touch on too. It's like, I don't care like what the client does and what da, 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 da. Like Byron's here, Byron's going to do a good job because Rogers, this is my namesake, you know, you know, this work comes out of me, you know, and I'm going to represent your company with the best of my ability because my namesake, you know what I mean? And me and my God, you know, like we're all going to be held accountable for the job I do here today. You know, I'm going to represent my client because, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in your brand because I'm here, you know? So then they, it starts, you get this trust with your employers when they see that you do work like this, you know, and I'm talking to that dude who's out on the street right now with the earpiece, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they trust you because you have that personal pride. You're going to do a good job because your crew, the, the, the brands you represent, you know, your client's brand, the company's brand and your own namesake, you know? And then, um, man, what else did you touch on that was so good? You were talking talk about those net 60, net 40, net, net, no, yo, yo, it, it, bottom line, listen, like I've learned, this is just my two cents. Relationship equity is more valuable than the money. You know, you're talking about swiping your card and making sure the client's set up. 
you know, you're talking about making financial investments in order to get this game, paying your own hotel, paying, getting there, do working for free. And what that is, in my opinion, and this is something else I teach in my course is like, you got to understand the value, everything that comes into your life, good and bad is going to come to relationships. So investing in relationship equity with your client, with these companies, being that guy that if, if like, for whatever reason, maybe the company wasn't able to pay you as quickly as you thought or you wanted, but is able to be graceful and is able to be like, hey, I got you, pay me when you guys can. You know, if you need anything, I got you and be graceful. That relationship equity, when that employer sees that, you're the guy they're calling. You know what I'm saying? When the client sees that you swiped your card to make sure everything's smooth and we're still talking with the travel department to get it all sorted out and they don't even know anything's going down, but they hear through the grapevine, not from you, from through the grapevine that you took care of stuff, you get relationship equity. And that's what cements you in these different spheres of relationships and worlds. It gives you a seat at the king's table, man. It's right. being able to be graceful, man. This is this ain't tough guy stuff. This is, you know, this is the subversive social dynamics of really how you build something. Uh, you right. know, when the, you know, the slave becomes a general, you know, and you know your DNA. And I tell people all the time that you can't go on Walmart and buy gracefulness. You can't buy ambition. You can't buy grit. You can't go down aisle three and say, hey, I want to buy a bottle of ambition. Either you have it, man. <laughs> either you have it or you don't. And until you understand who you are and that DNA of the man that God made you, you, you would never be able to be that successful person that God is using you to be toward that client. You feel me? Like, so when you're there, you're an instrument. So, and I always tell my guys all the time, and they know already, um, when you go perform a detail for a client, that's an interview for the next job. You know how many jobs I've done and this client said, you've done such a good job. Let me give you this guy. It's always the next interview because if you go shit the bed, this, this industry is small. And they, they one person to tell the next person to tell the next person, and that's it for you, tough guy. That's it for you. Like all the stuff, all the get gadgets and stuff you got, you'll never work another gig again because you didn't understand the process. Yeah, 100%. Man, there's, I hope y'all are listening, man. I hope y'all are listening, man. This is It's good to be able to dive into this stuff. So yeah. do you have anyone that you would nominate to be on the podcast? Wow. Um, I got I got guys that's underneath, underneath me that I'm training and, you know, Rat Pack is... It's, it's who Rat Pack is. And um, I would nominate um, a few guys, but one guy that comes to mind um, before I go into my younger guys is my uncle, uh, James McMichael. And then um, Jason Kane, he been, he was Mayweather's bodyguard at the top of his career, 50 cents, Missy's. He's now with The Weeknd. He's the top uh, head bodyguard for The Weeknd, Jason Kane. And he, he runs, his crew is called The Horsemen, The Four Horsemen, him and Tank. And Tank is out of Vegas. Um, really good guys, solid. I'm talking about like you would take them down a long, dark hallway with you and you'll figure it out, you know, yeah. and tested me when they put me on detail and um, not few um, comes out alive mentally because they only work with their own. Just like you, you, you pick your, your venture squad and you're allowed to, I'm on, I'm on a basketball court. I'm going to pick the people I want to. So when I get out there, I feel like it's a selection process. Hey, yeah. I played a I'll play the point guard for you. I'll do the water board. I'll play the three. I'll play the four. But that selection process, I think I would nominate um, James McMichael. He's been in the game for a long time. That's my uncle. And uh, Jason Kane. And then after that, uh, Jake Owens. He was just on and um, really good guy. Um, only been in this field for a year, year and a half. Um, I've been throwing him in the, hot, in the hot water. Like I train him, but I don't train him uh, behind the desk. Hey, come on, you coming with me on this mission. 
and he learns fast and he understands and his uh, PowerPoint skills is unmatched. So what we do for our client is once they give us the location, we throw up, we, we throw a, 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 a together a whole packet of threat assessments, hospitals, police stations, routes, alternate, Bravo, Charlie, how we get there, choke points, everything like that. A lot of people in this game, they don't want to talk about that. That is what you win the client over by talking with them about that. And after that, then you could do your tough guy stuff, look with the glasses on and all that good stuff and wear your LA hats. But behind that LA hat, I'm very intelligent. And that's what we, that's how when my client was able to brief generals in real life and sergeant majors and first sergeants and know how to articulate my speech and get that across and let them know what I'm trying to do. And I took that and put it into the EP world and understood that, hey, there's a client for me. So that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. The schoolboy stuff, you know, you need your clients and your principals to know they're hiring a professional. And this is how you differentiate yourself from the pretenders. Yeah, you know I'm saying, you know, you get to a detail and ain't nobody doing an advance, doing advance. You know what I'm saying? You get to a detail and 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 you be that dude, man. You be that special forces dude on the detail. And you you don't take credit for it, you push it to the team. But when it comes to you know your own brand, man, this stuff is huge in my opinion. And it's 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 integral because they need to know they hired a professional. And this is how you differentiate yourself, man. I love it. I love That's it. Too. When you get to these clients, they, 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 some of them are so used to that bodyguard and yeah. not taking anything away from the bodyguard community. They, I love it. Same but when, much when you, you get to understand that transition from bodyguard to EP is straight knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to drink that vinegar cream water right now because it's hard to digest. Hey, we used to do it this way. We're going to continue to do it this way. Roger that that is going to lose you clients because that bronze skill that you have, once it becomes intelligent, you don't got guys like us around you. And what's crazy is that you, you always mention um, on your podcast pretenders and I'll be the first one to mirror reflect Um, people that hit me up on DMS and underneath my comments and said that to me, not knowing who I was. And I smile because it's like, you really don't understand the intelligence that I have. And I pride myself on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a nerd. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I stay in my books. I yeah. wear the hat for a reason because I pay homage from where I come from. But don't yeah. miss, I never did anything for my country and I never put in work in this EP game because if we sit down and talk, my intellect would overwhelm you and understand. I start questioning about the last book you read. And if you ain't never read no books, you can't talk to me. You can't I, I stay, I stay learning. I stay, you know, so I don't want to get too deep with that virus. You know what? Because I love it, dog. No, I'm the same way because I'm I'm already black. You know what I'm saying? I already got tattoos. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't buy me yeah. a drink because I because yeah. I'm the fine chick at the bar. I'm yeah. gonna blow your mind when I start talking to you. Like, how how well read are you? Do you have yeah. any depth? Is another thing I teach my guys and at the school is like, you better be investing in yourself. So when you open your mouth and you're with that billionaire, you have something of substance to say. You know what I'm saying? Because these are smart people. They're where they are. A lot of them are where they are for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So you better make sure you have something to say. And and I'm the same way, man. Like I'd be, I'll be danged if I end up just being like a cool dude who had some muscles and tattoos, man. Like, and I, and I learned that lesson, you know, when it's a story I tell a lot when I was in the Eiffel tower, uh, underneath the Eiffel tower, getting lunch on this detail. And I learned real quick that there's a difference between strength and power. And in fact, I was talking about it on my, on my, uh, IG this morning while I was in the gym, yeah. 
you know, and it's realizing that, you know, strength is just in your body. It's local to you, but power, that's how you actually acquire influence. That's how you actually make valuable contributions. That's how you acquire freedom. That's how you, you know, this is what you really got to go for, go for. And that comes by the grace of God and what you put in here and in here, you know? And so I'm, I love that you said that, man, because I'm the same exact way. Like you can be cool, you can be whatever, but if you haven't been investing in here and here, you will drown in a conversation with somebody who has, you will drown, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 you know, perspective, man, dictates performance, but your perspective comes from the information you're putting in here, you know, that ends up being everything, man. It ends up being everything. That's so good. That's what Nipsey said. Nipsey was like, do you have power? Can you make things move? People didn't understand what he was trying to say, but intellectually, you make it move. Can you make a conversation, go from this to this and keep your transition when it's not forced. A lot of people talk, but it's forced. How you transition a conversation and keep it going and you understand it from your language to my language and make it in me in the middle and soaking it up and putting it back out there. So I'm like a filter. You pour the water to me, I'm going to decipher it and I'm going to drink it, but all the particles are gone now. I got what I needed from that water. It might, the cup made it went from this to this, but I'm, that that quench that you just given me, these two hours of me listening to you, talking to you, I can't wait to get back in the field. I'm in the field Friday and Saturday because at the end of the day, I'm ready to you giving me life again to get back and say, you know what, JR, get back in there. I'm not supposed to be here, Byron. I'm not. The, the trials and tribulations I saw growing up and then in the military losing a lot, a lot, 27 friends to be exact. I lost. So mentally, physically, I'm not supposed to be here. Sometimes I don't even think I'm here. Sometimes I don't even think that that the war is over because when you're done leaving Iraq and Afghanistan, this is when the war starts here mentally and physically. Are you able adequate to contribute back into life? Can you be a good father? Can you be a good husband? Can you be a good friend? Forget all the other stuff, bodyguard and EP. Are you true to yourself? Can you look up, get in the mirror and say, you know what? God, thank you. Thank you for just waking me up. Thank you for giving me this roof over my head, understanding who I am, making me the best version of today. I'm not preaching to the choir, you know? And then when people comment and judge me, I smile because it used to offend me, but it's like, I'm not going to fault you for that because you used to seeing me, my my type look like that and act like that. But what I'm going to give you is a good, good dose of intellect. And I still look like this way. And that's it. It's just so much good stuff in there, you know, and I, 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 I have the same mission, man, because I think the way that we are going to save, you know, or, or at least make positive contributions to our brothers and sisters and our culture, you know, in this world is by being exactly like that, you know, to those who will listen to those who will have a conversation, they're going to be pleasantly surprised as at, at what a man, you know, like us can really, really bring to the table. Cause for us, it ain't about being cool. It ain't about being true. It ain't about nothing. It's about contribution. It's about, Hey, I can be like this and I can still make valuable contributions in conversation, in the world, in other people's lives, you know? And at the end of the day, you guys are going to start to realize that, Hey, you can't judge a book by its cover. Cause you're wrong. You're wrong. And you might even get beat. You know what I mean? So, but, but we're going to, we're going to make contributions and, and I will let my contributions speak for themselves. I'll let my, my work defend me. You know, and and that's what it ends up coming down to, man. And and for the people that judge you and and 
don't open you up to see what's really inside, they're missing out on a whole lot. And they're missing out on an asset, you know? They're missing out on someone who can bring a lot to the game. And I feel the same thing, man, because I'd be getting the same stuff, the same DMs. And at the end of the day, it comes down to one thing. It's like, at the end of the day, you can look in the mirror and I can look in the mirror and I know who I am. And you don't get that from just being cool and trying to make cool videos and try. No, no, no. You get that from experience with your dang self. From pushing, from fighting the demons, the dragons, the the lions and tigers and bears, that's when you get that stuff. And then you are congruent and you are authentic and you can look people in the eyes. You can look yourself in the eyes. You can like yourself. You can love yourself because you're a version of yourself that 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 you you purposely have built by the grace of God, you know. And so, you know, you can appreciate people's feedback. You can even learn from the haters and literally be like when the haters come through. If you're if your self-concept isn't strong and actually legit, they will rock you. But if it is legit, you'll be like, yo, you know what? Thank you. That is a weakness. And what do I do? I hunt weaknesses and I kill weakness. And so on the next lap, I'm going to be that much better. Thank you. <laughs> How do you keep your fire lit? Yeah. The haters, to me, analogy, they're logs to me. So yeah. I'm going to throw that my fire to keep it lit because I need that fire to, 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 to shine bright. I remember dropping bombs into crit yeah. and um, we didn't have no, 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 no street lights. So we shot the looms in the air. And then yeah. when we, I, we lit it up. So you got to keep that fire lit and understand that haters are going to come. And if they're not saying something, you're not doing something right. So stay true to who you are. Let them come. Let them judge you. Not knowing. People don't even know that I'm writing a book right now. And yeah. um, someone, a company, I'm not going to say no name, in the buy my company for $5 million. So I'm doing something right that they like. But at the end of the day, this is me. You can't give away this veteran-owned business, this minority-owned business. This is me. This is what God put me on the earth to do. There's a lot of security companies and I pay homage to them. I love them all. I love the schools I went to. I'm ready to go to your school. I'm ready, but I'm juggling. I'm about to graduate in June 4th with my second degree and I'm a CEO and I'm an EP agent. EP is cherry on the top. I love what I do, but I got to continue to push my job. But when I get my time, I'm coming to your school because I need to, I'm coming with my sponge in my backpack. I'm throwing stuff in there and I'm soaking and squeezing it in my cup. When I get back in the field, how you learn that? Personally, Byron taught me that. That's why a lot of people are too um, judgmental to even get in that field of learning again. We, it, I don't need to learn no more. I'm good. I did enough. Nice. I'm at the ring. I call these people. I say, and, and that's the difference between a lot of us. A lot of these guys are, you know, and I'm, like I said, it's a lot of good guys, but some guys, they just take it too far. You're, you're a paper target hero. You go to the range all the time, but you ain't never been in the field doing none of that. You ain't never took no athletes, never took no losses. Not saying that I want you to, but you don't understand troops in contact. You don't understand that, hey, you know what? If this happens, this will happen. Yeah, you look tough, but you ain't never used that in the field. So let me show you how to win. You win with your mind, understanding. Remember, you don't necessarily have to put your weapon, your hands on your weapon to fight that battle. You can win that battle through intellect. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, man. And the, the staying true to who you are thing, I do want to touch on that too. It's not about, you know, just, 
this, this, what we're talking about isn't about just being like, nah, bump that. I'm just going to be me. No, 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 no. It's I'm going to be the me that I'm always working on and always improving. So it's like, I'm taking from everybody, but I'm always, so it's like, it's like, I'll take your advice and I'll listen to you and it'll just make me better. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, so it's like, yeah, I'm being me, but I'm always improving me simultaneously. Right. So it's like, you just can't lose if that's your, your, your pedigree. Right. Proudest moment in the field. I had a few proudest moments, but um, working a deal um, in Hollywood and was left there um, without the information. And I was able to continue the mission, get it back in time without the client knowing, not saying who the client was, but without the client knowing and understanding that, hey, a lot of things will happen. But that client was so happy that I didn't leave my post. I stayed there. I didn't go. No, even though I knew that people had dipped out. I stayed right there. And when I got to back to where uh, the team was, the client was like, where you was at, JR? And I was like, I stayed, you know, I did this and this and that and looked around at the other guys. Why you guys didn't stay? Because you told us to leave. I said, you did, but it was still a threat. So I had to make sure. But I communicated that on the radio. So that was my proudest moment because I know that, hey, you know what? You guys don't know the concept of not leaving a guy behind. But I know that if I stand fast and I am, um, you can see me visually, then there's no threat that's going to be opposed, you know? Right, 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 right. On missions, and we were just presence patrol, presence, making sure nobody won't do nothing. So that was one of my proudest moments in LA, doing that, being behind and stay true to who I was. So Yeah, that's beautiful, man. No, it's good, that deterrence factor, but that character, that's what that really is. That's, that's that character, man. That's good stuff. Favorite quote, mantra, saying? Give them nothing, but take from them everything. <laughs> that's what's up ruthless leonidas I'm, I'm really like into 300 like that but not because i'm taking their 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 mantra and a quote and ours is protect your investment we got your six but in life give them nothing but take from them everything that happens in mind body and soul mm-hmm. mind and soul give them nothing like give them any nothing but take from the end so if someone is criticizing me I'm not giving them any more to criticize, but I'm taking from them everything, all the intellect, everything. I will crush you with my educational skills to let you know you ain't been there, done that. And we have the same 24 hours and you're still talking about what you did in 1986. Yeah. What do you do? So, yeah. um, and physically, like even on the mat, take from them everything. Like I'm, I, I'm always have that little man concept, even yeah. though I'm die there sometimes, but I would take from you everything, but I'm going to give you nothing because I'm learning. And that's my mantra right there. Yeah. If I was back then in that time of age, I'd probably be a Spartan. Yeah. 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 No, I love it, man. There's a select few guys. And I can say that this is, this is definitely in my ethos too, man. It's like, you know, and I was on that podcast yesterday, we were talking about this and it just, is just like, if you can bring that intensity you know, that inner warrior from the battlefield into life and you can fight, find a new fight and purpose and fight that as hard as you fought those enemies overseas, you'd be unstoppable, man. And so even for me, man, on the same tip, when I be getting like the haters and all this stuff, it's like, I'm just going to keep getting better at a rate. Like, and I'm just, we're, both of us are just, just warming up. We just want unwinding. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a celebration in here. <laughs> like, I don't know if they realize, like, you know, somebody hit me was when I was doing my symposium during the uh, pandemic. They're like, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if it fails? And I'm like, homie, this is one of like a seven move combination that I have 
spread out over the trajectory of two years, my dude. I'm yeah. spinning the plates, bro. Like if it if it doesn't work, I'm gonna learn and I'm gonna be so much more dangerous the next lap I take on this. I'm yeah. like, there is no, there is no the obstacle is the path, man. There's no failure. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna ch- like shape, shift, and evolve my game so many times in just the next two years. And and I have the vision for that. And I, you know, I have the the the, the formulas for that. And I also have the jaw to be able to be like, I'm gonna take mad hits and come back stronger. And and, and I'm looking forward to those hits because that's what I need to teach me. Right, you know, right. I come back stronger every single time until I die. And but we ain't in war. We ain't physically in combat right now. You know what I mean? So like, I, I love that man. I'm the, we we share that man. And it's it's a quiet discipline that is done under the streetlights every morning. Is done in the mat room. You don't see it on the IG. And it's like these dudes that just are like showing up in the game. And everyone's like, how are these dudes like doing this right now? Like, what's going on? It's those disciplines. That are behind yeah. the scenes, man. That's good stuff. Morning, I meditate. I do my Tai Chi pray. I get out there and run my laps. Like I'm, I'm about to be forty, and I go through a lot of ailments because I've been, um, I've been, um, I got a lot of me- medical stuff going on, and that was it. But, but what keeps me going is 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 that uh, ability to get up every morning to be that protector. I think I was chosen. Um, a lot of us, I call us like the Green Lanterns. If you notice all the green lanterns came from different parts of society and they made and they chosen to bear that ring from Long Beach. I think I was chosen in my genre to bear that ring and be that type of protector. The kids can see and say, you know what? I like, I like, I like that person, but I want to be JR. Yeah. And I like, right. I want to be Gordon or Kobe. Like there's different type of superstars. I think that's me and I can only improve. And every day I work harder to improve, to be a better me. And, 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 even with the sacrifices that we give every day for our clients, you know? Yeah. I love that, man. How would you like to be remembered? What's it all for, man? Um, I guess just, you know, as, like I said, go back to the same thing as a father, as a son, man, just, I don't, I don't want, all my heroes are dead. I, I'll be honest with you, Byron. All my heroes died in Iraq and Afghanistan. Some of the best guys I ever knew in life. Um, so I want to be remembered when they're remembered and honored the right way. And then I want to be remembered like Jr. He set the pass. He torched it. He blazed it. He carried it. He carried our name along. You know, that's why Rat Pack is here. That's why Jr. is here, because I'm a leader. I'm a fighter. I'm ambitious. You know, I would give anything by I give the shirt off my back to anybody because I love and I care. And I understand that I understand who I am as a man. And, and it doesn't take the brute skills to, to have your hands all gritty and bloody and ear body flower to to say you a man no you a man because you stand up you put on your pants and you do what you got to do and you respect where you came from you know respect is big you know and i i I respect the hell out of you because you you took a dive to change the narrative how ep looks feels shapes and sounds for guys like me i don't don't know about everybody else but guys like me i can reach out and touch you and say i know someone look like me he talks like this. He understands. He came from the Bahamas, but this is, he was in the Marines. He did this awesome guy, top guy in this field. This is where, if I need any questions, I could tap in with him. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And that's huge, man. That's huge. That's huge. Thank you so much for, for everything you said, man. And that's a beautiful way to, that's a beautiful way to be remembered, man. You know, your heart, 
I think really shows. I'm glad we're able to have this conversation and and have this time together. You know, we could sit here and chop it up over all kinds of things for the next yeah. couple of hours. This is one of those, man. So we we'll definitely have to have you on again at some point. We'll talk about some other stuff. But thank you so much for being who you are, first and foremost. You know, for me, you know, it, it's an honor to uh, really cross paths with another brother that has these attributes, man. You know, we need it. America needs it. The world needs it. Our communities and our culture needs it. It's extremely important for them to see dudes that take, don't take no for an answer that no matter what they've gone through, you know, you talk about your mama being gone when you were little, you talk about where you're growing up, like what's, you know, what's, what's the excuse? There's no excuse. There's no excuse. What's worth failing. There's nothing that's worth failing. Yeah. I've ran into people that have tried to help me back, hold me back for multiple reasons. And it would be my fault if I quit. It would be my fault if I let them, you know what I'm saying? So, so this is the, this is the dang game. So for me, it's just an honor to cross paths with another brother who's on that path. And it means everything. And I, I hope we inspire you know, and I say that with all humility, but that's the fight we're in. You know, I hope that this work that we do during our time on this planet inspires other brothers, sisters, you know, white, black, orange, yellow, pink, whatever. I don't care where you're from, what you look like, but I know we're all going through something and we're all fighting for something. And I hope guys like us inspire you to realize, you know, it's all up to you. And, 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 and as you work on yourself, you can achieve really truly anything by the grace of God. And that's the game, you know. So thank you for being you, man. I'm humbled. I'm humbled and thank you for just bringing me on. And, you know, um, during COVID, everybody experienced a lot of crazy stuff. But um, real quick before we leave, I worked a client and I got criticized for that client because the client was, um, you know, she was doing other things. And people asked me, say, oh, how are you able to work for that client? And I said, I fall for freedom of speech yeah. when I was there. So I don't have no color, no race, no religion. Yeah. How I got people. I, I fought in foxholes with guys that was from Bangladesh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of my friends from I fought it fought in foxholes that was guys that was from Mexico, Mexican, that was in, in Pennsylvania. So we all have a different sphere of how we understand guys that was from Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. Some of my best guys are from them areas. So right. you can't you know put a color scheme on what I'm doing. So I tell people all the time, I said, when you get to these clients, let them do what they got to do. Long as long as it's not unmoral and unethical, do your job. Just do your job. Don't get into politics. Don't get into going back and forth with certain conversations. I have a way up and how I know my life is. But when I get into this industry and go work, I'm JR. I don't have no point of view on what you got going on or anything. Long as you're not doing anything to no little kids, no women. So all I, other than that, I'm going to do my job and I will inject and I will tell the client, I don't think this is safe. If, yeah. I don't care who you are. You can be, you can be the, the top client in the world. I would tell you, Hey, you know what? If this is not right, so I don't think this is not right. And I have done that. And I have been put off because it's not about the money for me. It's about the job. I'm not searching for to get rich. I'm searching for, Hey, you know what? God bless me to be a protector. I'm going to be the best protector the best way. And that's it. And I hum I'm humbled. And um, like I said, man, I rest in peace, Shamir, Shadow, and yeah. um, Josh Brooks. Those are my mentors. Two of my mentors got taken out in less than four weeks. So mm -hmm. I feel like I keep the flag going for them. Yeah, 100%. I love that, man. Yeah, it's not about any of these other things. It's about being a protector. You know, that's it.
That's it. Yeah, you know I'm that's saying it. about being a protector. That's the that's the dang game, man. I love it. Solid, man. So, what are you up to these days? Where can people find you? Um, Rat Pack Worldwide Security. I'm in Tampa, Florida. Um, we have Rat Pack University. You can come find us. Um, we on a we on a verge of getting GI Bill approved for the school because I want to go around next year talking to all the posts and talking to the the millennials, the guys after 2012, 16, 20, and if they need a way to get into the security industry. Come to Rat Pack University. You don't have to work for us, but let me get you initiated. And then I want to tap in with Byron, send you, send you guys to different schools. It's not about Rat Pack, but it's about getting you back involved into the fight and understanding who you are as a man, as a woman. And also, um, it's a lot of, lot of good females out there that are EPA. I'm catering to them. I'm, I'm, I got a thing called Rat Pack Angels. It's only females because they want to understand that they have a place in the gang too. So we're creating that. So if you want to tap in with me, um, you know, you can go to our website, ratpacksecurity.com, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, J.R. McIntyre. And if you need anything, I'm here to work. I'm here to advise. I'm here to just be a vessel. That's it. I love it, man. That's good stuff. We'll talk more about that school stuff too, man. I'm the same way. I'm about bringing assets that can invest in a higher quality agent for tomorrow. Okay. So we we going to definitely get in on that. And then when we come down your way, October 1st through the 3rd, Protector Symposium 4.0 will be underway. So I hope you'll train with us and I hope that in the lineup, the lineup's so heavy. The lineup is so heavy, Doc. It's like one of them, I'm, I'm really excited about this lineup of people we're going to get to learn from. Um, and yeah, I hope you and some of your cadre come down there and whip it on with us. You know, we got seats for y'all, man. It's going to be good. Um, you know, so I think I get on that. And also I want to be able offline to uh, uh, apply for your school and take that and, and, and do what I got to do to improve who I am as a man, as a father and as an EP agent and understand that um, takes. And, and this is a message to all the guys that that serve in the military, especially take the chip off your shoulder, unlearn, relearn, get into that doctrine. It's not only one way of doctrine, understand who you are and you will be the best protector. You yeah, can be 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. Good stuff, brother. Well, we're going to talk a little bit offline, but thank you, man. This is where I'm going to end the podcast. It's an honor, yeah. brother. Boom. Thank you. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can, because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know, I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.